I'm going to take you for your first reading to the book of Leviticus in the Old Old Testament chapter 6 and verse number 12 and 13. Leviticus chapter 6 verse 12 and 13. And I will not be preaching long, so don't sit down and get too comfortable. Amen. And this is what the word of the Lord said. And it shall come, or and he shall put, uh, put off his garments and put on the other garments. Verse 11. And carry forth the ashes without the camp unto a clean place. Speaking about the priest dealing with the altar. Verse number 12 said, and the fire upon the altar shall be burning in it. It shall not be put out. It shall not be put out. And the priest shall burn wood on it every morning and lay the burnt offerings in order upon it. And he shall burn thereon the fat of the peace offerings. Verse 13, the fire shall ever be burning upon the altar. It shall never go out. Somebody say never. Never go out. The book of Second Timothy, I take you back there again to the first chapter, Paul's writing to his son in the, in the gospel. The waning hours of his life, he looks into the future and realizes something. And so he speaks to Timothy in these terms. Verse number 6, wherefore, everybody say wherefore, because of what I am going to say, I put thee in remembrance that that which stir up the gift of God, which is in thee by the putting on of my hands. For God hath not given us the spirit of fear, but power and of love and of a sound mind. I put you in remembrance that thou stir up. The literal Greek says that you fan the flame. Fan the flame. Keep the fire burning. Amen. Stir it up. And that's what I want to preach to you about tonight. Stirring the fire. Say that with me, stirring the fire. And everybody said, Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. I think we all understand tonight that God has made a great spiritual deposit in our lives that is of inestimable value. God has given us, He has entrusted us with His own Spirit, His own Holy Spirit. And we have been ignited by a holy fire. And I have often reminded this church, and I do again tonight, that we were born in the fire. We must never get comfortable with living in the smoke. Amen. We need the fire of the Holy Ghost. I don't want to come to church and not sense and feel what we have sensed and felt in this service tonight. I am not into emotionalism, and I am certainly not into just using talent to try to stir up 
the minds of people. But I do believe that the spirit of man can be moved and it can be challenged and motivated. And I believe that we must be mindful of that holy fire that God has put in all of us. The impartation of God's gift into our life was the greatest gift that any of us have ever been given. And that fire in our soul that was started by the outpouring of the Holy Ghost must never die out. We did not produce it, and I want you to be mindful of that tonight. We are not the originators of the fire. It was the work of the Holy Ghost. The Bible said that in the day of Pentecost, when they were all together in that room, the Holy Ghost fell, and it set upon them, and it was like tongues of fire. That visible evidence that danced over the heads, or at least those who were there witnessed that phenomenon, may not occur, but the spiritual fire and the spiritual implications of that should happen when we are in contact with the Spirit and the presence of Almighty God. But I will tell you tonight that though we did not produce that fire, it can be extinguished in our life. It can go out. It only takes a spark to get a fire going, according to an old song. But it takes effort to keep that fire going. Fire can be quenched. It can be put out. It can die out. All fires. Everybody say all fires. All fires. My fire. Your fire. Our fire, all fires taken care of unless unless they are tended and taken care of. Unless somebody is stirring that fire. Unless somebody is mindful to keep the kindling and the fuel available that keeps that fire going. May I remind you tonight that it is the nature of a fire to go out. And so because of that, it must be tended, it must be cared for, it must be watched over. It was not a once and done deal. Certainly God could have done something in our lives that one time and we would never have to be concerned about it again. But you hear me, I believe the reason God wanted my involvement in keeping that going is so that I would constantly be aware of my need of Him. And I would constantly be aware that without Him I am nothing. And God wants me to be in that constant communication with Him. Where the fire of God exists in a church, the greater expansion of the gospel can be experienced. One of the great laws of physics applies in the realm of the spirit. It is the law of thermodynamics. And this is what that law says. That the greater the heat, the greater the expansion. Hallelujah. You know what, church? We don't have to worry about growth if we just get the fire hot enough. The fire itself causes expansion and growth. There are many things that I am aware of and you are aware of 
that can quench the fire. One thing is a lack of fuel. It is interesting, but a few years ago in the famous Rose Bowl parade, one of the floats that was a part of that parade came to a halt in the middle of the parade. And while it was on live television, the whole parade came to a screeching halt. They were scrambling around trying to find out what the problem was. And finally somebody discovered that the float had ran out of gas. How embarrassing on live television for the float to have run out of gas and halted the whole parade. But what made it even more embarrassing is the float belonged to the Standard Oil Company who had reserves of gas and oil that would have have taken care of the problem a million times over. But just because you have the reserve, if you don't use that reserve, it is of no value to any of us. Come on, clap your hands to the Lord and give Him praise. A fire can go out because of my neglect and my carelessness. Slumbering can leave the fire to itself. And it will be consumed. The command of the Lord to those who stood at the altar was to keep the fire burning. It must never go out. I don't know how many times they had to shovel the coals out and put new kindling on. But every day that they worked at that altar, they were reminded that our responsibility, no matter where we are, no matter the condition that we're under, we must keep the fire burning. It was not just in the tabernacle that he was telling them that. They were in the wilderness when he told them that. The altar was given to them in the wilderness. The tabernacle, I know that sometimes them in a place of transition... When I think about our church, I know that sometimes it would be easy for us to blame things on why we're not more enthused or more excited. We're not in our church. We're not in our normal surrounding. But you hear me. I don't care what the circumstances are. I don't care what our surroundings might be. If we have to go outside and have church on the parking lot, somebody has got to be mindful that the fire has got to stay burning. Oh, yes, 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 yes. Hallelujah. They had to daily tend it. And they had to daily be aware of it. Because if the fire goes out, they lose that divine connection. The third thing that can quench a fire is when you are religious but not righteous. You know how to put all the show on, but that's about all there is. Amen. I remember, I told you this, I think, before, but I preached a revival in in uh, Corpus Christi area, and I'd been in the church praying most of the day, and I walked out in the foyer, and there was this huge picture in the foyer of the church. Uh, and, and and I looked at it, and I thought, wow, that's that's a beautiful place, but... That's not where we are right now. How in the world did it was the exact same building, but the location looked different. And I knew it was on a slab. How did they move this thing? And I got to looking outside and I looked because in the picture across the street from the church where they had taken the picture from, there was this large lake. I mean, it was huge lake. 
And when I looked out there, there was nothing but just pasture land and grass. And way over in a corner, I saw a little mound of dirt and a little mud hole. And I asked the pastor later, I said, sir, I don't mean to sound ignorant, but did y'all move this building here by some way? I mean, how did the picture in the foyer, he laughed. He said, oh, it gets most people confused. He said, there's a little place over on the other side of the road that's low. And when it rains a lot, it'll fill up with water. But it's only about an inch deep and a mile wide. But it leaves the impression that there is this huge body of water over there. When I saw that and what I realized, that's sometimes what the church is like. We can be an inch deep and a mile wide. I'm not interested in that. I want something that will go down to bedrock. I want to know something of the depth of God. And I have come to understand that I can become a professional Pentecostal. That I can become an individual who knows all of the tricks of the trade. I know all the right words. I know all the right songs. I know all the right phrases. I know how to clap my hands for Jesus. I know how to raise them. And there be no spirit involved. There be no connection with the heart. It's just a motion and a mechanic that has been programmed into my mind. But what I'm talking about today has got to move from the mind into the heart and into the feet. So that we are not just religious, but we are righteous. That we are not just professional Pentecostals, but we are spirit-filled Pentecostals. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord. Hallelujah. Amen. Lastly, but not least, I am aware that the elements and the issues of life can cause the fire to go out. But in all the cases, Paul said, your responsibility in going on, Timothy, is to fan the flames. I can only imagine what must have been going on in Paul's mind as he sat in that prison cell in Rome. And he knew his days were numbered. He knew this was going to be the end. He was not getting out. He was not going to be able to preach as much as he would want to. This was probably his end. And so he begins to look into the future of the church. He looks at where they are. He looks at what they're dealing with and what they're battling. And then he looks into the future and he realizes, Timothy... If there is one thing that I can tell you that you have got to stay in mind of and you've got to be mindful of is that in order to move into the future and take the power of Pentecost beyond this generation, you're going to have to make sure that you keep that fire burning. The gift that has been put in your heart, you've got to make sure that you keep that fire fan and that flame burning. Because if it goes out, You will have the form, but not the power. You'll have the religion, but not the righteousness. You will have a shell, but not the spirit. And in order for you to touch the generations to come, somebody's got to be mindful that there's going to have to be somebody that tends that fire and fans it and keeps it burning. Somebody that recognizes and understands the importance of keeping that Fire burning. Amen. Stirring it up. The word that speaks to me, fan the flames, it speaks of an intentional effort. Amen. It's intentional. It's not accidental. You know, I've been around church long enough to know that if you keep having church, sooner or later you're going to have a good church service. 
You might have to go through a bunch of dead, boring, dull ones to get there. But sooner or later, all the elements are going to collide and all the feelings and everything. And it won't be Super Bowl Sunday and you won't be worried about who's winning right now. I'm not interested in church like that. I'm not interested in wondering, is it going to happen today? I'm just wanting to know what's going to happen today. I know it is going to happen, Brother Tony. I just don't know what's going to happen. That when I walk in these doors, I want my heart to be filled with so much expectation that I can't hardly wait for service to get started. To see what God's going to do. Who's God going to heal? Who's God going to save? Who's God going to reach out and take hold of and change their life? Hallelujah. I need some fans. I need some flames fan tonight. I don't know how to say that properly right now because I might get it mixed up. But I need some people that know how to keep the fire burning. I need some folks around here that will be intentional in their efforts. Amen. Working to make it happen. Being serious about church. Church is always a serious thing to me. Maybe, maybe I'm too serious about it. I don't know. Maybe you're not supposed to be this wound up and uptight about church. I know most denominal churches will tell me that I'm a little bit too worked up. And there's some Pentecostals that will tell me I'm a little bit too over the edge. But I don't care what they think. What I want to know is what's going on here. And I want a fire burning in this place. When it comes in, I don't want to come in here to a cold house. I don't want to come in here and and have to put on a jacket because I'm cold. I want to come in here and feel the warmth of the presence of God. I want to come in here and feel there's a fire burning. And I can find my strength and my comfort in the presence of the Almighty. Everybody say, be intentional. Amen. That means you do it on purpose. You come with a purpose. You come with a mindset. We're going to fan the flames a little more tonight. Amen. And you've got to stay at it. Praise God. Stay at it. it, it it's a daily thing. It's a continual thing. It's, it isn't something that you just do on weekends. Amen. Amen. You've got to do it on Monday and Tuesday. God. Sometime we're driving down the highway and I just let out, oh God, I need you. And my granddaughter said, Poppy, is there something wrong? And I said, no, honey, there's not one thing wrong. I just want God to know I need him. It's Monday. I still need him. He blessed me yesterday, but I need him right now. I want him to do something right now. I want him to be aware that on a Tuesday morning, I'm still looking for him. I'm still trying to fan that flame because I want it to keep burning. I want the next generation to know Something about the power of the Holy Ghost. I want the next generation to know that God can save from sin. He can heal diseases. He can redeem the worst of mankind. Amen. Amen. So you got to stay at it. Praise God. You can be seated. I get tired sometimes. I'm human. I didn't take my Geritol today, so I'm really feeling it right now. But I am, I'm, I'm, I'm serious. I, and there's got to be that seriousness about it. Amen. I don't want to just come in here and hope that somebody prayed. I don't want to come in here and just hope that somebody practiced. It's what I love about our music team, every time we come in here. Man, I don't know if you know how blessed we are tonight. 
But I want to brag a little bit on our church and on our people, on our music team. They're not just throwing songs up there. Almost, there's not a service goes by that what that man has prayed over and God has helped him put together has not coincided with what God has given me to preach. And we don't sit down and converse about that. Maybe we should, Brother Clyde T. But I kind of like how it's working right now. You pray. You let God talk to you. I'll pray. I'll let God talk to me. And I feel like it's going to come together. It's going to work. Because when God is in it, it's got to work. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise God. Everybody say refocused. That's the theme of the month, refocused. The month of getting our eyes recalibrated, readjusted to the things that really matter. The definition of refocused is to focus again or in a different way. It is to put again into focus or to change the emphasis or direction of something, to give attention or effort anew to something. That's what our goal is this month, that we're going to intentionally, purposely reignite something in all of us, and we're going to get it burning hot. Hallelujah. I want it burning so hot that it'll melt The sin right out of people's hearts when they come walking in these doors. Amen. I want it so hot that when they step in, they can't get away from it. It's like a magnetism. It just pulls them to the altar. It pulls them to a place where God's love can work on their heart. Amen. We need to get our attention back on what really matters. We've been distracted. We've talked about that. But we need to bring into clearer focus and view God's purpose, not only for our church, but for our lives. And so to refocus means to be changed. Everybody say to be changed. Amen. It means to be altered, transformed, different, improved, a new man. That's what I want to happen around here this month. In our prayer time and in our services, I want God to work in a way that will produce change in me. Amen. I want God to change me. I want Him to help me get closer to His purpose in my life. I want Him to get me to a place where I'm of a kinder disposition and I have a better attitude. I want Him to get me to a place where I'm easier to get along with and I have a better outlook on life and things. I want Him to work on me and nurture out of me a greater love for lost people and a love for people that are hurting and condemned in their own mind. I want there to be such a love in my heart that when I see a backslider come through the door, I'm not wondering what they've been up to. I'm just glad that they've shown up and they've come to a place where God can touch their lives. Amen. I'm not interested in reminding them of what they've done wrong. They know what they've done wrong. I want to create an atmosphere of so much love and compassion in this place that they feel like it's okay to come home. Amen. These people are all right. They're not going to condemn me. They're not going to talk about me. They may know a lot about the dirt in my life, but they're not digging it up. Amen. Amen. I want God to change and transform my spirit. I'm talking to me. You're looking at me like I'm talking to you. I'm preaching to me right now. 
But if it applies to you, I'm asking you to let God do that to you too. Amen. So everybody say changed. The word refocus means relocated. Everybody say relocated. It means to get into a better position or location. Moved. Oh, we would have revival right now if God could move some of us. I'm just being humorous right now, please. Amen. It means to reposition yourself. You know, when you live for God a long time, you kind of get in a rut. And the only difference between a rut and a grave is the rut has both ends kicked out of it. But they, they both have the same effect. Amen. And you get, you, you get in this rut in living for God. You know where you're going to sit. You know who you're going to talk to. You know who you're going to hang out with. You know who you're going to go eat lunch with. You know what I'd like for us to see? I'd like God to so reposition me that when I come to church, instead of me sitting over here, I decide the Holy Ghost just says, why don't you sit over here today? And so I come and sit over here, and lo and behold, in comes somebody that doesn't know anything about God or the church, and they sit down right beside me. Here's a great opportunity. It's a great opportunity. Why did God do that? Because God is interesting in helping us get refocused, and he wants to reposition some of us. Some of us have great talent and ability, but it's not being used properly because we're in the wrong place. We're not in the position we need to be in. But when you get it into alignment... And you get it into its right position. It works so much better and so much more powerfully. Amen. Somebody say relocated. Say he's talking to me. I need to change plans, dear Sunday, that you need to sit over. Don't take that to mean that when you come back to church next Wednesday or Sunday that you need to sit over on the other side. If the Lord leads you over there, go sit over there. But you're okay. I'm not talking about, you know... I, some of you are comfortable, and I like that, but I, I, I want us to be relocated in our spirit. Amen. Reposition. Amen. You know, sometimes some of the greatest frustration that people have in living for God is because they feel like they're not reaching their potential. And I've had a lot of people leave the church and say, well, I feel like I need to go over here, I need to go there, because I'm not being used. And I'm thinking, you know what? As far as I know, you never offered yourself to be used. And as a matter of fact, when we did use you, you got your feelings hurt. You know, that word use, you got to be careful about asking the Lord to use you because he may use you. He may use you as a mat for people to walk on and show them that God's love is big enough that it can take it and not say anything about it. Oh, that's more Holy Ghost than we got right now, I'm sure. But, Yeah. He talked to them in the New Testament being wise as serpents and harmless as a dove. I didn't know a serpent was wise. They looked dumb to me. But I found this thing out about them. A serpent can swallow an animal that is many times larger than itself because it has the ability to distend its jaws and unhinge its jaws. And it can swallow a whole hog or alligator or pig. I think if we get enough Holy Ghost, we'd be able to swallow some stuff too and just take it and leave it alone. Say, you know what? I got the Holy Ghost. I don't, I'm not going to fight back about that. I'm just going to take it. Oh, <laughs> that's revival, folks, right there. I'm just going to take it. 
What did Paul say to the New Testament church? What happened to people just taking it? Just saying, you know what? I'm going to just let that slide. What would happen if we just swallowed some stuff instead of reacting to it? What would happen if we just decided to zip our lip instead of giving them a piece of our mind when we could have and we might ought to have, but we say, you know what? I'm going to do something better than that. I'm just going to let God take care of that. Ah, swallow it. Let it go down. It might, you might look a little strange for a few days, but you'll get over it. It'll go away after a while. Amen. Praise God. Reposition. Everybody say reposition. Let God move you into a place where he can use you. A square peg will never fit into a round hole. And I have seen people in the church that were so insistent they wanted to do this ministry. They want, and if they couldn't do this ministry, they weren't doing any ministry. And it's like trying to drive a square peg into a round. You tried, all it does is frustrate you. It's like trying to teach a pig to sing. He'll never learn to sing and you're just going to frustrate yourself trying to teach him. There's some things that you cannot make happen. I'm not an opera singer. I'm an open your mouth and let her fly singer. So I need to get over the idea that I might be able to have that operatic voice. I need to just realize what I am and let God put me in the place where that can be the most useful. And if I'm a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord, so be it. I'd rather be a doorkeeper in the house of the Lord than anything else I know. Better is one day in his house than a thousand elsewhere. Going to be ushers, but you're going to be. There are ushers that are sitting on these pews that don't even know you're going to be ushers, but you're going to be volunteered in the next few weeks. Amen. There's hosting and greeters that's going to be volunteered, and you're going to be called on to do things. Why? Because God's trying to reposition some of us and get us in a place of better usefulness. Or more than that, He's trying to get us all in a place where we can all be of more use to Him. Amen. And we must be mindful that he must increase, but we must decrease. So get yourself out of the way. And when you get yourself out of the way, it's not hard to do the will of God. Amen. It's not hard to say, nevertheless, not my will, but thy will be done. It's not hard to go on to Calvary when you've let all of that go and say, you know what? Whatever it has to be, I'm in your hands, God. Amen. Everybody say reposition. Getting into a better place. Getting into a more fruitful and productive place. Relocated. And the last word that is meant by refocus is redeployed. I love that. Redeployed. Everybody say redeployed. That means you're put back in service. You're activated. Amen. Activated. Involved. Reassigned. Sent. That's the theme of our district this year, sent. Send me is what, what, what the prophet said. Send me. She, the Lord said, who will go? And Isaiah said, Lord, here I am. Send me. That's what we need to pray this year. God, I want you to activate. I, I want you to reassign me. 
I want a new job. I, I want a new responsibility. I want to be involved in ways that I've not been involved. I want to find a place. If it's just a helper of a helper of a helper, I want to be involved. I'm going to be the best helper of a helper of a helper that there is in the church. I'm going to be on time. I'm going to be up front. I'm going to be filled with the Holy Ghost. I'm going to keep that fire burning. Why? Because I want future generations to know what it is to feel the power of the Holy Ghost in their life. Everybody say redeployed. Amen. Reactivated. We got a lot of soldiers that feel like in your mind it may be past your prime, but no, it's not. We need your mind. We need your spirit. We need your experience. We need your heart. We need what you've been through to help us not make mistakes in the in the future to which we are going. That's why a great church has always been a church that is a mixture of the old and the young. I'm afraid of an all-young church. There's some places that may boast of churches that their average age is 26. That's great. I want some elders around my church. I want some people that's been down the road and they've crossed a few rivers and lived through some things and they fought the devil and won. I want some people that can help bring balance because in our youthfulness sometimes we forget and we think we can do it and we need a steady hand said, you can do it, but maybe not do it that way. Amen. I'm thankful that we have great elders in our church and I respect them. But I want to see them have a more leading role in the influence of our church and in the influence of our lives, our young people. As a matter of fact, I think every wise young person is going to be a young person that finds an elder and connects to them and said, I need you to be a mentor to my life. I need you to help me. Because I'm headed your direction. I'm going to be one of you one of these days. And I need to know what it takes to get where you are. Amen. When I look at us, you've had elders in our church. And I know what some of you had to live through and overcome. And the battles you've had to fight to get where you are. And to still see you praising and worshiping God. And walk in the aisles and praying for people. That tells me you've fought some battles and you've come out. I need you to teach that to a younger generation. I need you to help pass on that experience to us. So that we know that we can make it too. Amen. Amen. Somebody say relocate, reassign, reposition. Amen. Refire. Because we're going to fan that flame. Amen. I thought about building a fire in here tonight, but I thought my wife would, she would have a hissy fit if I did that. And I don't like it when she has hissy fits. It embarrasses me. But I wanted a fire in here because I wanted you to see the visible evidence of what happens when you don't pay attention to it. Amen. It will die down. It will go out. But you've got to keep working it. You've got to keep the stick in there, stirring it up. You've got to keep putting fresh fuel on. Amen. You've got to stay active and vigilant. You can't afford to go to sleep right now, church. Amen. We don't need to be sleeping right now. We need to be awake. This is our hour. And what, what I fear most is that we will pass this hour and be able to look back someday 
And when I look back, I don't ever want to feel like, man, I wish I had done that. I wish I had been more, I wish I'd been more connected. I wish I'd have been in a better place. I wish that I had been in a more useful frame of mind. Amen. I want to be able to look back with joy and say, man, look what God did. Look where God's brought us. Amen. When we're in that new building, and I'm saying that by faith, we're going to be in that new building. I don't know when. I hope before I get to be 90, but we're going to be in that new building. I hope it's while I still have teeth. And I still have a mind to know what to do with them. Amen. But one of these days, we're going to be in that new building. And when we get there, and there's a, there's a multitude bigger than this, I want to be able to look around and say, look where the Lord brought us. Look what God's done. Why? How did it happen? Because somebody, somebody kept vigilance. No, it's not going out. Not tonight. Not tomorrow night. Not next week or next month. Every time we come together, somebody's got it out. They're fanning that. Come on, Holy Ghost. Come on, Holy Ghost. Fall in this place tonight. Do your work tonight, God. Do your miracles tonight, God. Show yourself strong in this place tonight. Let your presence be felt. Step to your feet and clap your hands and give Him praise. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the name of the Lord. Praise the name of the Lord. I'll tell you what I want us to do to close service tonight. If you're below the age of 40, I don't care if you're married or single. I don't care who you are. If you're below the age of 40 and you're not embarrassed to admit it. And if I was 40, I wouldn't be afraid to admit it. But if you're below the age of 40, I want you to find somebody that's not below 40. And I want you to connect to them. And I want you to say, I need you to be my prayer partner. I need you to mentor me. You say, but I need to think about that. No, just go find somebody right now. Amen. Just go find somebody right now. Just go join hands with them and say, I need you to be a mentor in my life. I need you to be a voice in my life. I need you to be a prayer partner in my life. Hallelujah. Come on. Come on. Do that. Do that. Amen. Young people, all you middle-aged folks, it wouldn't hurt you to connect to some of our, our elder elders. Amen. Find an elder elder. Amen. Go connect to them and say, I need you to be my mentor. I need you to be a voice in my life. I need you to. We need to do this together. I need you to teach me how to be faithful. I need you to teach me how to be consistent. I need you to teach me how to be able to overcome adversity. I need you to teach me how to walk with God through thick or thin. Amen. Through prosperity or poverty or whatever adversity. I need you to teach me how to be faithful to the house of God and to not live by my feelings or my emotion. I need you to help walk with me so that when I'm in a storm, all I need to do is look over and see you and realize you made it. And if you made it, I can make it. Come on, reach out and take them by the hand right now. Let's pray together in the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. In the name of the Lord. Holy Ghost, fill this place right now. Anointing of God, rest upon this house tonight. Let the power of your Spirit, let it overshadow every one of us, I pray.